Oh no, what's it called? No time. No. Nope. <laughs> I almost said die another time, but it's that's not it. Is that another James Bond movie? Uh, die another day is, but it mm. feels like it could be die another Dying time. No time. To all die. the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Feeling It, a podcast where we discuss TV, movies, pop culture, and whether or not we are feeling it. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. And here we go. Come on, walk and talk. Want to hear something neat? It's showtime! Hold your ears, folks. Here we go! See what you can do now. Take your position. All right, ladies, buckle up. Let's do this. Hold on to your butts. Seriously? Listen to me very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat him up. Enjoy. Hello and welcome, everybody. This week, we are talking about the very long-awaited <laughs> new James Bond movie, No Time to Die. But before we get into that, let's introduce ourselves and answer the question, what would be your Bond villain name? So I am Sandra Omsvets, and I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, and my Bond villain name, um, I want to go as campy as possible. Um, it would be Lady Awfula. Yes. And <laughs> <laughs> I like that it's like kind of like a Cruella, like it sounds like the word awful, but also the word Awfula is Latin, and it's um has like a few different things it can mean. It can mean like a bite to eat, or a slice, or a small bite. Um, and my villain backstory is that she is just like a, a world famous like baker, um, and she poisons world leaders through like her the things that she makes for people. Wow, I love it. Ship yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've put a lot more thought into this than I have. Um, my name's Lucas Wright. <laughs> I'm from Chicago, Illinois, and my Bond villain's name would be – and most Bond villains, the men, are very Russian most of the time, <laughs> right. um, which is a, just an ongoing weirdness. But my Bond villain would, would be named Baron Ansel Raskin, <laughs> and he would be very into stopping global warming, but from like a, an aggressive standpoint, you know, very, uh, very pro probably bad, but like pro mostly good, you know? Yeah. I feel like Bond villains are always like dastardly evil for in ways that like don't really make sense and mm -hmm. we need someone who's like actually going for something good but probably just in a bad you know the execution is oh, great. <laughs> i mean we're gonna be talking about the the <laughs> intentions of bond villains yes, definitely for in sure. this episode for sure <laughs> we will be talking more about bond in a second but first every every week we like to talk about something we've, we've either discovered or rediscovered so sandra Tell us what you're feeling this week. This week, I am feeling a German film that is out in theaters right now called I'm Your Man. Um, this film is uh, directed by Maria Schrader. It stars um, a German actress named Maren Eggert, and it stars the English actor, actor that we all are pretty familiar with, Dan Stevens. Um, and this is a movie that is going into my hall of fame of movies in the most perfect genre there ever is, which <laughs> is romance films in a, with a touch of sci-fi. Um, sci-fi romance, but not too heavily sci-fi. I don't want to watch like, you know, a futuristic space movie, but like movies that are set in the world that we recognize, but there's like a little sci-fi element and it's also mainly about a romance. 
I cannot get enough of these movies. (laughs) I've liked, I think, almost every single one I've seen that's fit into this genre. Um, And this is a new one. So the premise of this film is that it's about a scientist who is participating in an experiment, a study, where this company has created humanoid robots um, that are designed to make you happy and become your life partner. And so she's kind of unwillingly participating in this experiment where she basically has a robot boyfriend living with her. And it is so great. Um, It's funny and sad and sweet and um, so innovative and creative. And I just loved every second of it. I love that this is a story just about like, um, a single woman who is resistant to things that are designed to make her happy <laughs> and now is being forced to um, really come to one face to face in a like very blatant way. And um, Dan Stevens is really, really incredible as a ro- humanoid robot, a robot who basically seems human, but there's just something a tiny bit off. And also he's really great at like, would you be happy with quote unquote, the perfect boyfriend? Would that actually make you happy as a person? I love this movie. Have you, are you interested in seeing this Lucas or have I'm, you seen it? No, I'm very interested in seeing this movie. I love Dan Stevens. Um, and I, I seen the trailer for this movie. I was just like, Oh, this, this seems very perfect. <laughs> so yeah. I'm really glad you liked it. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Um, I also just really love movies about AI that basically wrestle with the question, like, can AI become real people? Like, yeah. do, does AI have a soul? Right. And this movie really does seem to wrestle with that. And yeah, I, I, it, I went to, um, I saw it in New York when I was visiting a friend and we both left the theater immediately being like, if you could, would you have a robot boyfriend? You know? And I think every single person, the movie wrestles with that question is like, should we succumb to this? You know, is this good or bad for humanity? Um, and you will leave the theater with that same question on your lips. Okay, this sounds great. <laughs> yeah, I feel. I, I, yeah, I. I, I, I can't wait. <laughs> I, here's the thing. I want to. I, I do want to make it clear that like I, I'm probably building it up a lot. This isn't going to be like the most profound movie you've ever seen. I, I don't want you to like have too high of expectations. No, no, no. Yeah, it's just. It's a very sweet movie that is using like a sweet, simple story to tackle very like important questions yeah and that is my favorite kind of movie i mean what more can you ask for really honestly exactly (laughs) in this day and age (laughs) yeah yeah i love dan stevens um i i was curious i mean as someone who obviously doesn't speak german um Mm -hmm. i was curious how it would feel for him to be speaking german like like does it does it come across as a as an english person who's speaking german or does it sound like come across as a robot so (laughs) oh i mean he's incredible he seems fluent yeah um i'm I did start Googling after this movie, like, did he already know German? Like, what's the situation? Mm-hmm. And I didn't finish researching. I didn't g- yeah. come to an answer quickly enough. Um, the brief thing that I got was that he did learn German for this movie, but he seems to really know it. Like, it, it's very, 
I'm sure it helps that he's playing a robot so that everything feels a little like perfectionist, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but he's wonderful in this. If if you're a big fan of him, you'll love him in this. That's great. I feel like it was one of those movies that like could be great or you watch it and you're just like, Oh, this was extremely disappointing. Truly. <laughs> so. That is, that is the thing. A lot of these, this genre can sometimes yeah. be kind of low budget. Yes. And this one feels very lovingly and like thoughtfully yeah. made. Yeah. Well, that's great. I'm excited about yeah. it. So what are you feeling this week? Um, well, this week I got to see the rescue, which is the newest documentary by the team behind free solo. Um, this is about the 2018 um, Thai soccer team that got stuck in a cave in Thailand and, um, basically them trying to figure out how to rescue these kids out of this cave. Um, and so I feel like in 2018, when this was happening, um, a lot of people were following the story very closely. I was not, um, I basically like knew the highlights of it. Um, I know it's a real life story, but I'm still not going to you know, spoil how it, how it ends up. But, <laughs> um, I think, I think one of the interesting things about this documentary is there is a lot of footage that was shot, um, over, you know, the, the, the period of time that this was going on, but there's, they've also done a lot of recreations of, um, the diving team that is kind of going into the cave and stuff like that. And so there's a lot of footage that you just, you can't get. Um, <laughs> but they've, um, they, they like took the actual divers and, you know, went and shot real diving footage, um, to kind of re re recapture some of the, the experience of diving, because I think diving and especially cave diving is a pretty niche sport, um, which they get into in this documentary. And the, the only way to be able to get, um, these kids out was to, you know, find some cave divers. And it turns into this really, um, Avengers assemble type situation where they're trying to find the, <laughs> who, who are the only people in the world who are able to even find these kids in these caves. And it's a lot of old British white dudes who are coming in, <laughs> flying into Thailand. Um, not really, uh, you know, this is like big military operations and stuff like that aren't really their thing. They're showing up to cave dive, um, and just try and find these kids. And, but I think one of the things that could happen with a documentary like this is it could get very, uh, very white savior esque. very, mm-hmm. I mean, the, you know, the, the U S military is also there, you know, helping and everything like that. Um, yeah. one of the things that it really focuses on is how much just structural effort has to go into a rescue like this, even though at the end of the day, it's a couple cave divers, um, trying to actually make this through, but all of the support behind them with, um, kind of trying people trying to remove water out of the cave. Um, there's huge piping systems that are happening, trying to get air into the cave. Um, Mm. people are, uh, kind of trying to tunnel in from another, you know, direction into the mountain. And you just get to see the scope of how many people are actually working on this project. Um, you get to see the relationship between the Thai, the Thai, uh, Navy and the U S military as they're both coming together, trying to figure out what's going on here. Um, and especially, you know, at a lot of people in both kind of environments have experienced diving, but all of them are open water divers. And so them trying to figure out like, <laughs> we are the people who are most qualified to do this, um, you know, technically from a, um, from a, a, you know, a government standpoint, we are the people and we, we can't, like, there's no way for us to do this. So, and then the relationship between these very civilian, very British um, <laughs> old men <laughs> and the military. Uh, it's just really interesting dynamics that we get to see. Um, and I, I, I think it's one of the most um, intense and 
uh, thrilling movies that I've seen this year as well. And for um, a documentary that most of the time you're just watching uh, people, you know, argue about, uh, you know, bureaucracy and uh, watching people just underwater swimming. <laughs> it is, it is truly, truly fantastic. I think the filmmakers are brilliant. Everybody knows that already, but I think watching to see them kind of navigate this uh, really, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, a more political minefield, I think, trying to pull off a movie like this. Um, and I think they, they execute it brilliantly. Well, and I never saw their first film, which was, oh, I'm forgetting what the name of that was. Um, but, um, you know, Free Solo, this seems very different from Free Solo in that, like, the recreating of events, like telling yes. something that has happened in the past versus filming something that's about to happen or the build yep. up to something happening. Exactly. Um, and uh, that's a whole, from a story pr and documentary filmmaking perspective, it's a totally different ballpark, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, when you mentioned that you saw this, I didn't realize that this movie was made coming from them. And since free solo, which I adored, I, I've, you know, pledge to to keep a close eye on their career and, and watch whatever comes next from them. So I'm really, really excited to see this. Um, the trailer for it looks am amazing. Um, I think they are such a really smart and interesting filmmaking team. And I'm only basing this off of my experience with Free Solo, but I, I love the way they bring this, like, heart into mm -hmm. these you know, like over the top human stories. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see this and I'm glad that you are recommending it. Um, yeah. I think, I think these, these types of um, documentaries where they are kind of in the past tense and there are recreations, I think always worry me a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but I think I was at a Q and a with one of the divers um, and one of the things that he was talking about is like he definitely calls them recreations and not reenactments um, because one of the things that they were doing is they were just just kind of trying to get people the understanding of what it's like underwater in those types of environments as opposed to um, kind of trying to tell the actual story by the by the recreations. What would you say is the difference between a recreation and a reenactment? I'm, I'm not sure I understand what the difference there is. Yeah, so he, he explained it as like a reenactment is trying to act out emotional um, details. Um, it's it's, mm. it's truly acting, having the people go in and replay um, a lot of the, yeah, a, a lot of the actual emotional work being done in the movie mm. is through those reenactments. Um, you get a better understanding of the characters and stuff like that. Whereas in a recreation is just literally play by play doing the actions um, so that you can see what that actually, what, what like the tactical things that are happening there hmm. um, is how he described it, which I think is encapsulate this perfectly as like, cause again, like the, the, the only things that are recreated are the things that are, you know, in the water, in the cave that you can't see in the, in, in reality, they had GoPro, on and so uh, you know a lot of when they come out of the water and when they're you know you know looking around that kind of stuff there's real footage of that so they have yeah. that it's just the stuff that is impossible was impossible to film because it was completely dark there was nothing you could see that they're do, being able to show did the recreations that they film did they film them in the same cave no they did it they did it in um water tanks okay yeah got it gotcha um so one thing i do want to mention is that 
I, I you said that you were kind of bit familiar with this story, but you weren't keeping like up to date with it. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would probably say I was the same. However, I because we're talking about this story, I do have to recommend my favorite piece of media regarding uh, probably until this movie that I'm <laughs> I'm about to go see. Maybe this weekend I'll go see it. Um, my favorite piece of media about this story of this Thai soccer team is. Um, Amy Poehler on Seth Meyers' late night show talking about this story. Oh yeah, uh, have you have you seen this? I, clip I haven't. Before? No, you should absolutely go watch it. It's um, this is probably you know I'm assuming that the documentary focuses a little bit more on the divers and the rescue mission and less on the boys in yes. the cave, right? Yeah. So she has a clip um, where she basically talks to Seth about how she's obsessed with this story. She reads every detail, like <laughs> everything that comes out about it, she reads about it. Um, and it's very funny. Um, she basically kind of just talks about how, like, she mentions one of the details of the facts that the this coach that was in the cave with them... We, had trained to be a, a, a monk and he taught the boys how to meditate in the cave yeah. to like conserve energy while they were in there. Um, it, it's funny to see her enthused about it. So I recommend that clip. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll Although definitely I, check it out. It, it spoils quote unquote, the ending of the yeah. story. Well, if, yeah. if, that's, <laughs> if that's something you care about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's the rescue. It is a National Geographic's documentary. I don't know if it's going to be available on streaming or anything through them or Discovery yeah. or whatever, but it is oh, in theaters. At isn't the it Disney? Doesn't Disney Plus own? Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So it might so be you, coming to it, Disney Plus would, at some point. I'm, it has to be coming to Disney yeah. Plus. Um, right now, I'm showing that in Nashville, it's in theaters this week, this coming weekend. So okay, um, this coming weekend. All right. Yes. So, but yeah, so go see if it's in a theater near you. Yes. All right, it's time. A year and a half after this movie was supposed to come out, are you ready to talk about the new James Bond and the final Dan Daniel Craig James Bond movie? I, I absolutely am. All right, let's do it. Daniel Craig has had quite a time. This is his fifth James Bond movie in 15 years. Um, I think he has had an excellent career as Bond and outside of Bond. Um, and this is his final film. No, this is his final Bond film. <laughs> He's not retiring from acting. Um, and I would love to hear your thoughts on the on his Bond movies beforehand. Or before his previous Bond movies. Yeah, so I, th I should probably... Um, say first off that growing up, I hated James Bond movies, <laughs> really couldn't stand them. Mm -hmm. Um, my dad loved them. I thought that they were old. Um, I thought that they were gross to women <laughs> and they, and I also was at an age where I couldn't really, I, I didn't find the value in like 
a good action sequence or the campiness of the older ones. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder what how I would feel nowadays if I were to go back and watch them. Yeah, you, um, you haven't done that, right? Like at all? No. Watched them as an adult? No, not, yeah. a, not once. So I, I didn't like them as like a preteen and a teen. Then I went and saw, as an adult, I saw Skyfall and loved it. Thought Skyfall was incredible. Um, but didn't have the urge to see any of the others just because James Bond was just not my thing. And then in the past Skyfall was your, I, I'm not, I didn't realize that this was your introduction. Oh, <laughs> everyone was just raving about Skyfall yeah. when it came out. And I went and I was like, this is amazing. This is an amazing movie. Um, it most, I think I was especially taken by how visually how, what a, mm-hmm great movie that is yeah. you know and also i think it came out skyfall probably came out right around the time when i was really starting to like learn who directors were and learn who you know cinematographers were and mm-hmm. and really pay attention and care about that kind of stuff um and so yeah it kind of hit me right then so in the past two months though my little social circle has decided to marathon all of the Daniel Craig James Bond movies. So I'm watching all of them except for Skyfall for the first time. Wow. And so I'm coming at this very fresh, right? This has not been a long-awaited, you know, finale for me. This is like, oh, you know, the next uh, the next one is finally is ready three weeks after <laughs> I saw the previous. Yeah. I really, really like Daniel Craig as James Bond. Um, I'm a big fan of his portrayal of this character and of him as an actor. And I agree with the probably overarching opinion that most people have, which is that some of these movies are good. Some of them are not. Some of them are just okay. Um, But that Daniel Craig is very successful in what he does as this character. How do you feel? Yeah. So I, um, have seen all of the Bond movies like an opening weekend <laughs> um, when they went, you know, every, every time. And I was, you know, in, involved in the discourse on whether, D- you know, Daniel Craig should be allowed to be James Bond because he's blonde and blue eyed. And that's not something that James Bond is. Um, <laughs> so, you know, the real 2005 energy coming out. Right. Um, yeah, the, our country's an important question. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I have absolutely loved um, Daniel Craig in the role. I think something that's been interesting about Daniel Craig's movies compared to the other ones is that they have felt the need to connect to each other <laughs> right. in, a, in ways that uh, I don't think are super successful in everyone, but um, it is something that's new to the, you know, to the Bond uh, franchise of none of the movies have ever connected to each other before. Um, and that feels like something of its time now, um, but it's it's something that I'm very curious to see how they continue <laughs> that in the future with, with uh, Daniel Craig leaving. Um, so I think we can talk a little bit more about that later, but I think for me, I my, if we're going to power rank the, the Daniel Craig Bonds um, up, up to this one, I would, I mean, Skyfall is obviously the best by far. Um, under that, I would have put Casino Royale. Under that, I would have put um, Quantum of Solace and then Spectre. Yeah, um, I, I would agree with that. Um, to me, Quantum of Solace and and Spectre are kind of even. Um, yeah. I don't think one is more successful than the other. And so, but yeah, for me, Skyfall is really, really great. Like 
both it's fun, it's visually stunning, it's compelling, and Casino Royale is just pure fun. Like having a great time yeah. watching Casino Royale. Yeah. Um and so I think coming into No Time to Die, I expected more Casino Royale than Skyfall. So I didn't have like you know mm. <laughs> I didn't want to put it at that pedestal of like this is gonna be the greatest Bond movie ever kind of situation. So I was like, I just want to come in having a good time, especially after the um the huge disappointment that Spectre was for me. Um, and I think I got that. I think I was very excited by the idea of getting to see other double O's. Um, we get, oh my gosh. Lashana Lynch? Yes, Lashana Lynch. Yeah, we get Lashana Lynch as another double O in this movie. And I think to me that was, it's one of the first times that we've we've gotten to see that in this franchise. But I think getting to see James Bond play off his colleagues is always fun. Um, yeah. But he doesn't do it much in the movies because he's, you know, out there on his own. And Truly. So, and so My getting to see... My favorite scenes yeah. in any of the movies are him with Q or M or... Yeah. Like, those are always my favorite part of the movies. Exactly. And so... But most of the movie, you know, he's he's running solo, which which is his vibe. But I think getting to see him, you know, interact with other agents and stuff like that is very fun in this movie. Um, and so I think that, that felt like something new, something, um, exciting that I was, I was a hundred percent, you know, there for, um, obviously there are other agents, you know, in movies that he gets to interact with, but they're usually, you know, bad guys or, um, like a, you know, Felix, Felix Leiter, who, who are just like, you know, uh, agents who he gets to, you know, find out the next part of the mission from, but not necessarily, um, have like, you know, big, meaningful action scenes with and stuff like that. So, yeah. How did you feel about this movie as a whole? Like, how did this movie work for you? Um, so for me, I think this movie worked well. Um, I don't think it's, um, great. I would probably rank it under Casino Royale. Um, mostly just because of bloat. To me, I feel like this is a movie that is too long with too much happening. Um, and obviously lots to talk about there in spoilers, but I think that overall though, this movie is extremely successful and kind of does what it, what it sets out to do. I love a lot of the action sequences. I love a lot of the non-action sequences. Um, but I think this falls into the it doesn't fall into the category of a Marvel movie where the third act is a huge CGI mess that um, really takes you out of the movie. But I do feel like the third act falls apart in a way that um, really feels disassociating <laughs> mm-hmm. from the characters themselves. Um, and again, I'll, we can talk more about that in spoilers. But I think I, I really, I really love um, a, a lot of the stuff that happens up to that point. How about you? Yeah. I I think this movie is successful yeah. and I and I liked it a lot. Um I agree with pretty much everything you said. I think for me the opening of this film is some of the is probably the best James Bond anything I've ever seen. The opening of this film is so incredible. Like pre-credits? Pre-credits, yeah. yeah. And and also I'm a sucker for the credits. And so the credits I think are really <laughs> great. Like I remember watching the opening and then watching the credits and thinking if this is the movie, this is <laughs> like I was also very aware going into this movie that this movie is 2 hours and 45 minutes long. Mm-hmm. And when you're aware of that, you're critical of the movie in a different way while you're watching it, right? Yeah. yeah. You're like, 
I'm about to sit through two hours and 45 minutes. Is this worth it? Right? Yeah. yeah. At all times, you're kind of thinking that. And so that opening, the opening scene in the, or the opening sequence, I should say, there's like multiple, lots of scenes, but the opening scene in the credits, I was thinking, if it's going to be two hours and 45 minutes of this, like, <laughs> sign me up for another hour. Like, this yes. is amazing. Yeah. I can't overstate how into it I was. Mm-hmm. And then after the credits, there's a lot that I loved, but I do agree that the ending dragged on a little bit for me. I can even tell you the exact moment that it started to drag. And um, and so that, I hate that feeling. I hate it in those Marvel movies like we, we've talked about before, and mm-hmm. I hate it in this one, where you're just... Whenever I start to look at my watch in a movie theater, that is the the sign that things yeah. are going wrong. <laughs> that's its that's its only fault, fault though mm-hmm. that I can that is that I can really have a big issue with. With the rest of the movie, um, had so much that I liked, and visually I thought it looked gorgeous. Yep. Um, it's no Skyfall, but you know it's still Nothing really really <laughs> impressive, and. Like you said, I think this movie is definitely stronger for being more of an ensemble mm-hmm. um, than any of the previous movies have been. And for really, you know, playing up all these people in Bond's sphere and what they mean to him um, as this, like, final movie. Yeah. Is there anybody that you feel like, because, again, this is... Daniel Craig's final movie, but is there anybody that you would want to continue on out of this out of this movie? Because they could you oh, know, bring in question. bring in someone new and keep this cast, which again they haven't done before. <laughs> but you know, in the in the spirit of you know continuity, that is something that could happen, or they could recast from scratch. So, is there anybody that you would want to see carried over? I mean, the obvious answer is Q yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah, I really love Ben Wishaw and his portrayal of this character. Um, I think Q is my favorite parts of all of these movies and he's young enough that having him move forward still like makes sense. Um, and that he could do this into like he, if you know, if they do this for another 40 years, like he could still, he could play like an aging Q in a really cool way. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, versus like, um, let's see who am I thinking of? What's his name? Um, who plays M? Ray Fiennes. Yeah, I, I that to me this feels like a, a finale for him as that character as well. Yeah. Um, I don't need I don't need more of Ray Fiennes as M in any future films. I think I like the idea of Q being the as MI six changes constantly, like him being the one thing that stays the same. Yeah. So that I like, I said they don't do this in the past, but they 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 did do this originally. The one guy played Q um, throughout many um, different Bond iterations, and so like everything else would change, but Q stayed the same. Yeah. And then recently, Judy Dench um, stayed on as M from Pierce Brosnan to um, Daniel Craig, and so and so there is a precedent. I am. The, again, with the other films not being connected in any way, shape, or form, it didn't feel as weird. Um, so I'm curious what that would actually feel like to have someone carry over from a very sequenced <laughs> set of Which, movies. Yeah, because it is weird, right? Because if Judy Dench, I haven't seen that, but if Judy Dench was M with Pierce Brosnan and he's playing James Bond, then 
we're just assuming that like this is a new James. Like it's it's not like it's the role. It's not like it's the if if the position if it, the movies were 007 and you right. had new 007s, you could have the same M or the same Q with some sort of like this all fits together, right? But yes. it's not. It's the person named James yeah. Bond. <laughs> <laughs> Which pre so pre Daniel Craig there has been like tons of speculation of like that's the deal like James Bond is a code name that they give 007 and so right. there are different James Bonds yeah. but again Daniel the Doctor Craig Who theory exactly. that like yeah. yes um but again Daniel Craig's Bond has really changed the mythology of this character a lot right um where he has a past and he has a uh, titles and all of this stuff and land and like actual belongings and like things yeah. that actually make him an, an actual character so the bond family estate yeah. yeah yeah so i'm so i am curious to see kind of how they move forward with this um I would love to talk a little bit about some of the other characters that show up in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. Again, without spoilers, I think I just, I'm going to go through a quick list. Okay. <laughs> uh, Ana de Armas, I think is absolutely great in this movie um, yeah. for what, what little screen time she has. I would be excited to see her and other things like this. Um, I will say the same thing about Billy Magnuson. That's his name? Billy Magnuson? Yeah, Billy Magnuson. Um, I think he's fantastic. I would love to see him in more things. Can Um, I just say about Billy Magnuson, I love him and everything he's in. Hmm? Um, I'm ready to see him. um, We haven't... He plays like an asshole a lot, right? Like someone that we dislike. Yeah. And um, I'm ready to see him play Charming. I agree. the closest I think we've come is Game Night, mm-hmm. right? Where he's like a dumb, uh, yeah, just a, a, a kind of a dumb asshole, but we love him yeah. for that, yeah. Right, <laughs> I'm ready to see him not be an asshole. Yes, um, because I like him so. I like watching him perform so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like where's his rom com? Like, right? I agree. I, mean, I yeah. agree. It's shocking so, that he hasn't gotten one yet. Yeah, but I was surprised to see him show up in this movie, but I really loved it i think he brings him and on a day armis i thought brought, brought a very different vibe than what we've seen in the past um right from they, you know in a bond they movie. brightened the film they definitely. did they did exactly yeah. um so I, I i loved their inclusion and would love to see more stuff like that in the um i think things people people that brought the movie down and i don't think it's because of their acting i think it's just because of their character i think christoph waltz um was so boring in the last movie and so to have mm. him you know, be involved in this movie is also pretty boring. I, you know, all of the stuff around centered around his character to me, uh, which we can talk more about in spoilers, I think was not very yeah. exciting. Also, I think Remy Malik was pretty terrible in this movie. Oof. Again, I don't, I don't, I don't actually know if it's, if it was his acting. I think well, he, he went over the top. That's like a Bond becoming does. the question, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's becoming the Rami Malik question. <laughs> Is he actually a good actor? <laughs> is he good or not? Because yeah. I feel like we were all on the Rami Malek train at <laughs> early on, right? Yep. And short-term now, 12. He's our, he's our short-term uh, 12 boy. Right. Although, yeah, short-term 12. I'm trying to think of what I saw him in that I've liked him in other than short-term 12. I guess a lot of people really liked Mr. Robot, right? Yeah. I never watched that. but I think he's great in Mr. Yeah. Robot. So, but... Now it's becoming a thing where we're like, are these the projects or is it you? You know, you start to ask that of an actor after a while, after, you know, bad performance after bad performance. Yeah. 
And I think to me, he's starting, he's starting to fall. I think he's already fallen into the Jared Leto camp of like, I do think you're a good actor. I just think you have no idea how to like moderate yourself Mm -hmm. at all. So you're always going to go a hundred percent in any role. And for some roles, you know, that does work, but most it doesn't. (laughs) So, um, and so here, you know, where you are playing a Bond villain, I do think this is the time to go over the top. This is the time to like really go all out, but this is such a nothing of a character that I think it really just makes it, uh, pretty hard to watch. (laughs) When we get to spoilers, I have a lot to say about (laughs) villains and specifically this villain, but like villains in general. Yes. Um, because other than the the bloat of the third act just kind of dragging, like we talked about earlier, this movie does have a little bit of a villain problem. For sure. And it's For not, sure. it doesn't ruin the movie in the way that sometimes having a villain problem can ruin an action movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, it's still, it's still present. Yes, definitely. Um, sorry, I'll let you keep going on your list. No, I 100% agree. That, that, was, that was the list I wanted to, to end okay. with him. Um, I think I, I have some things to talk about from uh, Kerry Joe Fukunaga, who's the director of this. Um, he took over for Danny Boyle, um, who had started working on um, screenplay in this movie at one point. Um, I, I don't remember the timeline at this point, but he is, you know, it's, it's, it's not like he took over in the middle of it. He's firmly the director of this movie, but the script went through um, a couple different hands, including um, Phoebe. <laughs> I almost said Phoebe Bridgers. <laughs> <laughs> Phoebe Waller-Bridge definitely uh, had her hands on it as well. I don't know how much of that was story stuff or mostly like dialogue, punch-up, character work, that kind of thing. Some humor. This movie seems to have a little bit more humor than a lot of them do. Yes. Um, I think she definitely had a hand in that. (laughs) I was definitely aware of that while watching was like, what how what if this is Phoebe Waller Bridge? I'm such a fan of hers, mm-hmm. you know, like trying to figure out where her touch was applied, yeah, um, and yeah, and so, and there is a lot of humor in it that does make that that I kept wondering, like was that her, you know, yeah, um, I also just want to mention we you know we haven't talked a lot about Lashana Lynch as like a new double o in this mm-hmm. movie, like in that new cast of characters that James Bond is interacting with and um, I really, I really liked the addition. Um, I agree. I, li- I liked seeing James Bond with a little bit of competition too. Mm-hmm. That's not like, um, the competition that's seemingly also on his side, right? That's yes. not, you know, someone he has to beat in order to save the world, a competition and that like it's healthy. Yeah. Um, that was a really fun element to me. There was, I feel like we could have gotten just a little bit more of her in the movie. Um, But it's, I also understand that it's hard when this is like the final, you know, Daniel Craig movie that the movie has got to wrap up a lot about him and it's got to be about him. It does. Uh, It didn't have to be, but it does. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. No, I a hundred percent agree. I think, I think she was perfect for this. I thought she was excellent in it. And I was just like smiling the entire time she was on screen. Um, yeah. Just cause she is, she's so dynamic in this movie and really fits that double O. Um, she has the personality to be a double O in Here, this movie, which is great. Here's what I wanted from, from her in this movie that I wish we could have gotten. Um, she does, she has plenty of action, right? Mm-hmm. That's like good action sequences. Yeah. I wanted one wow moment. One like Charlize Theron 
sticks in your brain, wow action scene. And not like, you know, bigger than any of his, but just one, like, I'm thinking of like an atomic blonde where she has that amazing sequence in the stairwell, right? Mm -hmm. Where she's just like powering through people and you like, and it stays with you. I wish that Lashana Lynch could have gotten just like one scene like that, that when you leave the movie, you go, oh, and remember when this happened. Yeah. Just yeah. to to believe that she is um on the same level of a James Bond, you know, yeah. professionally. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I think that I think that would have been fun. I, I I don't think I was disappointed at all by the action no. that she does get. But I think definitely yeah, not. M- more is always better in that situation. Yeah, totally. <laughs> no. I mean, ultimately I'm like, hey, give me a wow moment, move yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> and so like that's like a, a something I want every movie to give me, yeah. right? Yeah. More wow moments. Definitely. Yeah. So a lot of times directors are one-offs for James Bond movies. That has mm-hmm. not been the case recently. Um, Sam Mendes did the last two. So Martin Campbell um, did Goldeneye, which is Pierce Brosnan's first um, Bond movie, and Casino Royale, Daniel Craig's first Bond movie. Interesting. Um, so there, there, there is a you know a precedent. I think it'd be fun for him to come back and do the next first James Bond movie or the next. Um, um, the next actor, but would you be interested in Carrie Joe Fukunaga doing another Bond movie? Yes, I think I'm interested in seeing him doing one that doesn't have to be a finale. You know, I agree. I think there's a lot to tie up and a lot to conclude right. with this movie that he has to deal with. Um, right. I would love to see him kind of let loose and kind of do whatever he wants. I feel like that opening that I was so mm-hmm. like enchanted by. If if we could have him do a movie that just is that energy, you know, that doesn't have to conclude storylines. And can that be that more streamlined, exciting um, tone? That is something I'm very interested in. A hundred percent agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know this movie has not made me doubt him in any way. Yeah. Um, So before we talk spoilers, I do want to talk about the future of bond. Um, what are you interested for the future? Who would you who would you want? Obviously, as this is his last one, there's been lots of talk about who could be the next James Bond. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, so it's hard because you know I'm new to Bond essentially, yeah. right? Yeah. Like I, I don't have this attachment to the character, um, and so this isn't something I've spent a lot of time thinking about. Um, First, I think we do, we should address, right, the question of can James Bond be anyone other than a straight white male, right? Yeah. yeah. Because that's, like, something that people talk about a lot. And hasn't the estate of, the, of Ian Fleming basically been like, no, I can't, and we won't allow it? He will, he will be male. He will not be a he, – he, he does not necessarily have to be straight or white, but he will be male. I'm um, pretty sure they said white, but – Okay, I, <laughs> I don't know. I could be wrong about that. that. <laughs> okay, I, I could be wrong. I, I, I really thought that that was part of it. Okay. <laughs> well, that's, that's, I mean, that's better to hear. Yeah. Um. So it will be a man, basically. Yes. Okay. Well, then that opens up a lot. Um, it does. So, I I do just want to say I think we've passed the point of Idris Elba. Like we're way think, past the point of Idris Elba. They're gonna they're gonna want someone young who can be in the role for a while. Idris Elba right. is almost the same age as Daniel Craig. <laughs> Right. Um, he just looks younger. <laughs> I, I, I would love to hear some of your ideas before I come up with any, just because I need a little bit of time to think. Yes. 
So again, we're saying talking about James and Bond. British, ideally, and they right? Have to, they have to be British is also the yeah. requirement. They have to be British and okay. male. Um, British and male. Got yes, it. to play James Bond, not to play in this universe. We could get more. They, that is something that oh. they did mention is we, they could do other 007 stuff. Um, sure. Which that I I would love to see a Lashana Lynch thing. A new um, a new Felix role, like you know, like yes. a new person playing an American. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So all of that I I would be interested in. But for James Bond himself, um, I think one of the things that they'll probably do is cast someone who is younger and um, who doesn't have too much of a, I think, like a large reputation. They're not going to cast someone who is extremely famous. They're not going to cast Daniel Kaluuya as James Bond. They want someone who they can mold into being James Bond. Right. Um, And so – but that's not to say they're going to cast an unknown. So I think people who could be in the mix are Richard Madden. Um, Definitely. If you watch The Bodyguard or Game of Thrones, I think he's someone who is uh, well-known enough but doesn't have – isn't you know, he's not a movie star at this point. Um, I also think people have talked a lot about Henry Golding um, mm-hmm. from Crazy Rich Asians. Um as someone who who could be James Bond. I don't I haven't seen enough of him to know if he can actually pull that off or not. Well, here's the big question for me. Yeah. I think tone matters a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Because if we want these movies to be sort of these hyper-realistic gritty action films, Henry Golding does not match that vibe for me. But if we do want to lean into the glamour and the camp mm-hmm then I totally see it. Yeah. Yeah. I think and, he could have the, the suaveness of, yeah. um, of James Bond, but I don't know if he can have the grittiness, like you said. Right. And so, like, I love Glamour and Camp, so I would be happy to see in a new version for them to do a, a, sh- a tonal shift than mm-hmm. what these Daniel Craig movies have been. I feel like these Daniel Craig movies went hand-in-hand hand with, like, Christopher Nolan's dark night series right where we're like oh yes. superhero movies can feel real right yeah and got you know we've had like 20 years of that it feels like mm-hmm. let's go back to having james bond movies and having superhero movies be a little bit more fun and over the top and glamorous yeah. um so if that were to happen i would be on board for henry golding i 100 percent agree with you there um i think my top two choices are not going to happen. I am I'm fully aware of that, but they are who I would want <laughs> to be in this role. And my two are Riz Ahmed um, or Dev Patel. Yeah, I mean Dev Patel was the first thing that came to my mind as yeah. someone who like is obsessed with him and you know wants the best for him. Yeah, I I I hadn't thought of Riz Ahmed, but I think you're right that that could be. So cool. Mm-hmm. Um, both from a like, you know, obviously like any person playing James Bond that isn't white is exciting, mm-hmm. you know, to have like a fresh perspective on that. But Riz Ahmed particularly has like an edge that yeah. um, feels that could be so interesting to have James Bond be a little bit more youthful, not just in age, but in energy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, with a lot of the backstory that they gave Bond um, in the Daniel Craig era of, you know, orphaned, brought into the system, like coming up in the CIA, I think they have given him a little bit of a rougher story than um, 
than I think they would have given him in the past. And so I think that's something that Daniel Craig didn't necessarily like lean into in his, in his movies. But I think if that's something that you want to explore is what happens when you grow up in the system and become a, a CIA, you know, a, not a CIA agent, an MI6 agent, um, you know, you, you have to have a little more grittiness than, than what we've seen in the past. So I think Riz Ahmed would be great in that. I don't think that's the direction they're going to go. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, I, I'm trying. I'm I'm lo- I'm googling as you're talking British male actors under forty, mm-hmm. and just like <laughs> and Google image searches is not coming with anything that's standing out to me. I, yeah. I if we're trying to think of people that aren't giant stars, you know, yeah. that like Jamie Bell is coming to mind mm-hmm. as someone who like I think would definitely handle the physicality of that kind of role, mm-hmm. and is someone that I like, but it's not necessarily someone I'm like, oh, he has to be Bond. Yeah. Um. Obviously, uh, there's been a lot of talk about um, what is his name from Bridgerton. Oh uh, yeah, that dude, Renee. I think mm-hmm. John something. Yeah, and and that is one where if he, you know, trains properly, right, mm-hmm. and gets the action hero stuff down, um, you I could see him vacillating nicely between the sexy debonair glamour and Mm -hmm. the gritty action right yeah for me for me like he falls on the list of like some of the pretty boys that come up on the list that i don't know actually if like how good they are but they like their face fits so like him james norton and um uh what's his name like jack loudon like people like that who are just like i mean i think you look in a suit you look like you could be james bond but other than that i have no idea how you're actually going to work in this role so remember when it was like Tom Hiddleston was going to be oh, Bond. Gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That ship has sailed. <laughs> okay, here's here's an interesting thought. Um, oh, what is his name? Hold on one second. Now, this isn't going to happen. This is me just being silly. <laughs> but if we're thinking about British male actors that are not that haven't hit their stardom yet, mm-hmm. I mean, and speaking of Tom Hiddleston, I'm just saying. Joe Alwyn as James Bond. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I, I do. I like the narrative that like <laughs> men date Taylor Swift so that they can yeah. become Bond, you know, <laughs> because that I think was the narrative around the Tom Hiddleston, Taylor Swift relationship yeah. was yeah. he was trying to be Bond and needed the publicity bump. Yep. <laughs> um, Joe Alwyn as James Bond. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Is he at, like, I honestly haven't seen him in anything but, like, The Favorite, I think. I think yeah. I saw him in, like, Mary Queen of Scots, but he had, like, a, such a small role there. So yeah. I don't actually know if he's good, but. He's, he's good. He has only had these small roles. Yeah. Um, he's in The Favorite. He was in, well, he's had this, the starring role in that Billy Lynn, which I never oh, saw. Oh, that's right. Billy Lynn's I forgot he was in that. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was, like, kind of his debut. And yeah. then um, he had a small role in, um. Oh, what was the, it was the movie with... Oh, Boy Erased. Yes, Boy Erased. Yeah. Thank you. Um, He's about to star in the um, Sally Rooney, who, or, you know, adaptation series of um, Conversations with Friends. Oh, nice. And I'm really, really excited about that. Yeah. Um, I think that that's going to be good. And I think he, it's, he's playing a really interesting character. Um, I think that's going to be his big, everyone's talking about him, mm-hmm. you know, move. Like yeah. he's going to, I think going to have a Paul Meskel su- summer um, whenever that comes out. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I think like 
depending on when the new bond is being made, if that kind of surge can lead in to a bond, he's not my favorite choice, but I just think it could be interesting. And he is an interesting actor that people haven't seen a lot of yet. Here's, here's, here's what I think. I think it's been a year and a half since this movie was finished. Um, I think they've already cast the next James Bond. um, Probably. And just, they're not announcing it until all of the, everything for this movie is fully done. Can I tell you one more casting choice that is, um, I don't think it's right, but I would be interested in it. Yeah. And that's Josh O'Connor. Yeah. I think, yeah, I would be interested in that as well. I don't think that that, the movie, the studio would ever go in that direction. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't think maybe he would even want to be bond, (laughs) but uh, that is a, a, someone like a Josh O'Connor is someone I would be interested in seeing who is definitely attractive. Right. But is not so smooth. It hurts Mm -hmm. like pretty James Bond. Right. Yeah. I agree. Interesting. Anyway, I do want to say, I think now is their chance to do a side project. Um, that is not a James Bond movie in this universe. And if they want to do a 007 movie with Lashana Lynch and, um, on a Darmus, I would, uh, I would ask for that every day. So yeah, (laughs) give Lashana Lynch a, a Bond girl to fall in love with. There you go. All right. You ready to talk spoilers? Yes. Let's do it. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Are you paying attention? It's your last chance to walk away. Let me tell you what's going to happen. No. Cracking gas. Spoilers. Remember, you wanted this. All right. Uh, give me your give me your villain thesis. So this villain doesn't work. And I think the main issue I have with this villain <laughs> is that I don't really have a firm understanding of what he wants and why he wants it. And I think all of the best villains in these big action movies... They work when we as the audience, we might not agree with them, but we understand and we can see why they want their big evil goal, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And and what led them to that place. Um, So I'm thinking if... And it can be as simple as, you know, the Joker's just, I love chaos. Yes. Like, it can be as simple as that. As long as we understand what it is. Joker works... (laughs) We both... We know Joker wants chaos, and we, and because of the portrayals of that character, we believe it. We're like, yeah, I yeah. get it. Why he's crazy? He believes I, he wants chaos. Um, I think Thanos worked because we all understood what, like, even though his logic was twisted and faulty, like we understood where he, what his goal was, right? Mm-hmm. Loki in the first Avengers really works, right? We like Loki. We understand his backstory. We understand he wants to be adored and and he wants to rule. As simple as that. I couldn't tell you what this villain was trying to do. (laughs) Couldn't tell you. Like, what the angle was other than poison um, and why he was trying to do it. Like, I couldn't even begin to tell you. And I think they knew that which is why they had like him explaining it like three different times in like three very long monologues against people <laughs> um at the end um and it just it, it it doesn't come through at all i couldn't understand who he was targeting why he was poisoning millions of people why he wanted to clear the world why he wanted oblivion like none of it was coming through and so yeah. like yes rami malik does a decent job of being menacing in this film, right? Uh, you know, the 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 opening scene uh, is scary. It, like, really worked for me. 
the scene where he shows up again in the therapist office is like terrifying. Um, but, and, and anytime he holds the child, you know, you're, you're freaked Mm -hmm. out, but it wasn't leading anywhere. And it was very frustrating to figure that out. Um, the one thing that I will say I liked about this villain was, I like when he said, let me show you my poison garden. I was like, (laughs) this is what I want from a Bond villain. I want a Bond villain with a poison garden. (laughs) Um, I, you know, when the movie would lean into the campier elements like that, I really liked it. Um, We can agree, though, that it was a pretty lame poison garden as far as like poison gardens go. You know, there weren't yeah. a lot of plants there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little sparse. It was yeah. the winter, I guess. <laughs> yeah. it wasn't the, it, they weren't in bloom. Um, he's, he's working on it. He's yeah, expanding yeah. it. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> he took the pandemic to work on his yeah. poison garden. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So overall, I think for those big ending sequences to like keep me engaged, I have to know what we're preventing. Right. And and why it's going to who what what the villain wants and why we need to stop it. Yeah. And it was so vague and mm-hmm. that really led that ending drag on. Yeah. They have the the one um like the simulation sequence where it's like, "Oh no, this is going to, you know, destroy the whole world" type situation, but yeah. we don't really get a like a what what why? <laughs> What's right. the plan here? <laughs> right. And um, I guess ultimately I need my villain to have more of a motivation or I need to understand the plan more than they want to kill or bomb or poison millions of people. Mm-hmm. Like there and, needs to be something a little bit more than that. Um, and or, even when it's on the small scale, like Blofeld in you know the previous movie, like all he wanted to do was destroy Bond. Right. But we also don't get a good like real reason of, you know, motivation behind See, that. What I would say about Blofeld is that, the movie itself wasn't great. The motivation was great and they just didn't handle it properly, right? They didn't like give yeah, I it guess enough. That's true. Because like yeah. the motivation of this his dad loved Bond more than Yeah. This guy yeah. eased in on my family and my dad loved him more and I hated him as a teen. Love yeah. that backstory. Yep. Like you could have really milked something with that. I think Skyfall is really good because the villain in that, I mean, all they really do is they, they want revenge on M. And mm-hmm. they're so driven on it, right? Like, he is, he'll do anything to take revenge on M. And yeah. that really, really works in that movie. How did you feel about the Lashana Lynch as the new 007? I liked it. Yeah. I, I was very excited to see her as 007. I think, it, I think it's it's interesting that he got to come back as 007 in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I, at first, the first time I saw it, I was like, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let her be 007. Right. But in, in the, in the end, I was like, they have now like, she has a respect for him and she knows how much that actually ends up yeah. to be 007. And she kind of uses that to poke at him early on. Um, but then she respects him enough to say like, you know, it doesn't matter. It's just a number. Right. And have it here at the end. Um, so I, I, I did end up liking that. And I think she fits in this world so well that I, I didn't, I, it, it felt like, it felt really natural for her to be 007. Yeah. I like having someone needle at James Bond. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah. um, point out his 
flaws and inconsistencies. Um, I was really kind of hoping that she was going to like, I don't know. I was hoping there was going to be some sort of joke about him, like constantly or, or about Leah Sado being so much younger than him. Like some sort of yeah. like nod to no, that. Nobody brought that up. Right. Which I think is ridiculous <laughs> right or, and i expected it from her like she's yes her character is like giving james bond shit about being yeah. old about you know um yeah. i really expected like even just an eye roll like when she sees like the gorgeous young blonde yeah. you know <laughs> um there's there's one thing that i think she does have one thing she says like do all women react this way or like is yeah you know it's about 50 50 i did love that line right (laughs) (laughs) right um you know you and i talk a lot about the age differences of men and women in these in movies yeah and this movie it comes into stark contrast one because i think daniel craig is really starting to look his age (laughs) a little bit more than in any of the previous films and Leah Sado is, I believe, 36, but she looks like she looks so young. She's so fresh faced, right? Yes. Yes. So it's pretty stark. And then you have whatever they're doing with Rami Malik and Leah Sado. So how old is he supposed to be right. in, in, in this in this movie? Because <laughs> apparently he tries to kill her as a kid. Yeah. So like and I was, he's an adult at that point. <laughs> I was reading somewhere where they were kind of trying to justify it, right? Because okay. So let's say that she was 11 in that opening scene. Yeah. Let's let's yeah. give let's age her up a lot. Like she's not a teenager, but she's not like a little kid, okay? Yeah. So let's age her up to 11. And then I think it helps that he has the mask on, right? So we never see a face. Yep. Um so you could if we're being generous, right? We could assume that this guy as soon as he became like an adult started seeking revenge and so let's put it at like 19 okay does that sound like plausible to you i mean yes so we're so so in in this we're saying he's 39 and she's at 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 minimum (laughs) you know this is like 20 years later right We'll, we'll say she's 31 in this movie yeah let's say she's yeah 31 let's say this is 20 years later she's 31 and he's, he's 39. 39 and Rami Malek is 40. Yeah. Yeah. And that I, could play, right? Cuz she's 36. Yeah. She but she looks great, right? Yeah. He's he they they tried to age him up a little bit. Did you see they put a little bit of gray in his hair? They should have done more. They yeah. really really should have done more. <laughs> but um, yes. So like you're being generous, right? To like mm-hmm. make that work. Yeah. Um but and here's the other thing is that they had a weird line. Again, this, there's so many problems with this villain. But mm-hmm. there was a weird line in the movie where he's like, you and me, James Bond, were so similar. Like, both in love with Madeline Swan. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you're in like, love with Madeline Swan? It's you, like, wait, I didn't catch that from anything that we've right, talked about before. You, so. <laughs> you, you seemingly have had two interactions with her. And one yeah. of them was when she was an 11-year-old. And yeah. then you're, like, kind of creeped out, right, that, like... He might have been in love with her based off his interaction with her as an 11-year-old. Right. But then you're like, okay, but he's closer in age to her than James Bond is. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. it should be weirder that James Bond is in love with her. hmm <laughs> He just didn't meet her when she was a kid. Like. Right. Right. It, it's all messy. Um, I, I was curious why they didn't do um, 
put a year on the on the opening sequence. Um because I was like I was like I feel like that would have that's what a traditional movie would have been is like this is a flashback cuz we're going to give you this year. I kind of like that they didn't. I think it was interesting. What do you but mean? I think I mean in, oh. Like like say oh, like, like at the very beginning be place. like this is yeah what year this is taking place because yeah. it's not it's all people we haven't really seen before and like right. it, it's a little disorienting. I right. kind of liked that, but I think another reason is, you know, let's let's say it was 20 years ago. <laughs> what what year is that? 1990. Right. Oh no. 2001 so yeah. i think that yeah. would have thrown it into very sharp contrast because right. he was james bond in 2006 so yeah. it's just like she's a child yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's old she's a child also like, like it. i didn't do this math i saw someone else say this on the internet so i'm hoping that it, they did the math right but we see the the tombstone for vesper yes. and apparently she was like 23 yeah yeah <laughs> oh these hilarious movies. yeah yeah <laughs> Um, um, so I'm trying to think of what else I really, other than the villain stuff we really want to talk about in spoilers. Um, the, I, oh, just one thing that j- did really make me laugh was what the casting call would have been for the daughter. Yes. Um, just like all the French girls with the bluest eyes in the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I'm surprised we haven't talked about her yet. Yeah. What are your, what are your thoughts on, uh, James Bond with a kid? It's fine. Um, I mean, I, I roll my eyes a little bit when they do this in these big franchises. Um, cause I think we, we've, I've joked with pe- my friends when watching the Fast and the Furious films about how mm-hmm. like Paul Walker's character getting, having kids, how like fatherhood equals death, right? Like, like, yeah. that like, as soon as you become a father, you're, your life ends. The the exciting life you were living is basically over and you have to, it feels like this grieving thing to grieve. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like this movie kind of plays into that a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it was a cute kid and it was, <laughs> you know, it, there is not, this movie is definitely like the softest. I feel like we've seen bond, right? Yes. At his definitely. most sentimental. And Daniel Craig is so good that I love watching that. I agree. I think that sentiment, that sentimentality is something that I am very interested in, in Bond. Like, that's just a side we haven't seen before. And so him, I I agree that it's, it's it feels a little bit cheesy to throw a kid in here. But also when they have to leave and they're like, putting her in the car seat and he and they're taking the you know the the range rover instead of his car yeah um in in norway like that for me that chase sequence is more interesting because he's like i not only have to get away but i also have to right protect this kid where in every other instance he's just like i will put everything on the line for it's so much harder to protect um a child than it is to just escape from yes So before he would have been like, yeah, I can absolutely like destroy this car to do whatever I need to do. And this one, he's just like, I gotta, I can't, I can't do what I normally can. And I think that part of it is interesting. I think, again, that immediately goes out the window once she's captured. But (laughs) um, I do, I do, I did really like that part of it. Yeah. Um, And I mean, I, I both don't like this and I do, but I can't deny how effective it is. How, like, once you add a child into the mixture, everything becomes a little creepier, right? Like, mm-hmm. the villain holding the child, when yeah. he lets her just, like, walk away. 
Like yeah. seeing a little kid just like walking along the halls of a lair, like mm-hmm. that's you know, um, it adds that it ramps up the tension yeah. like easily. Yeah, I just want to bring up another scene that I particularly loved, and. That was when they went to Q's apartment. Yes. Um, Fantastic scene. <laughs> such a great scene. One, just like seeing him reunite with Bond is was fun mm-hmm. and they were both so charming. And um, But also just to see Q like setting a table and excited about like his boyfriend coming over or a date coming over um, mm-hmm. and, you know, having to deal with work and the cat and all of it. I loved. I yeah. loved it so yeah. much. I laughed when they saw each other again in M's office and (laughs) (laughs) tried to pretend that he hadn't seen Bond yet. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Ben Wishaw is so good in in these movies. I mean, in in everything, but also like in these movies, him stand, he stands out so much as an incredible actor building an incredible character um that i i agree with you like if one person has to continue it kind of has to be him yeah um in these movies he's just you can't let a guy like him go definitely it makes whenever i see him in something like this i immediately Mm -hmm. am like i've got to go back and find what ben wishaw stuff i haven't seen and watch it immediately yeah 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 um so how do we feel about James Bond dying? I, I, I gotta say, I didn't see it coming. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, at the at the end, you do see it coming for a while, which I really enjoy. I, I enjoy like that sequence of him knowing what he has to do mm-hmm. and him getting to call everybody and say goodbye. All of that stuff I liked. Yeah. Um, the idea of James Bond dying, I think, really works for what they've done. Again, they've built a very um, linear. Vo- a very linear franchise now. And so you kind of have to kill him to move on. Um, I don't know how you reboot this without killing. Right. Him, though. But I didn't think that before the movie. Yeah. I, you know, this movie tried to be, I, like you said, like we said earlier, more sentimental than any of the mm-hmm. others. And, you know, it's the only one in which he doesn't like seduce a, a yeah. random woman. Right. It's like, he doesn't sleep with anybody. Yeah. But, right and so like this is the movie where james bond is in love and just stays in love and that's that um ultimately the reason that he died was the poison aspect Mm -hmm. right because that's prevented and it wasn't the only thing like he couldn't get off the island in time he was shot several times yada 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 but ultimately right it's because of that poison yeah and there is something i think very beautiful about this james bond saying i couldn't imagine a world that where i exist but i don't get to be near yeah. my love and my daughter like yeah because yeah, technically he could have gotten off the island and right. just never seen them again yeah and everybody would be and fine. even though there's a part of me that's like it's 2021 we have facetime like you know like you don't yeah. have to be in the physical like if the pandemic has taught us anything it's that we don't have to be in the same room in order to mm-hmm grow and bond bond with each other but you know for the movie's sake i i do like the romance of you know if if i can't i found the thing that brings me the most joy in this world and if i can't have it i don't need to be in the world um and i i I liked him going out in that way um and i knew it was gonna happen the moment she got on that boat 
Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. At that point, you're just like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, this is it. This, this is, is the, the end. end. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm okay with it. I, I kind of wished, I don't think I was fully satisfied with, like, the farewell scenes we got after the death. Mm-hmm. They seemed a little stale. Yeah. Um, But the death itself yeah. worked for me. I agree. I think, for me, coming into this movie his relationship with Madeline, I did not like it in the previous movie. And mm-hmm. so for them to like lean into it in this movie, I was like, Oh gosh, this is like his one relationship that I'm not invested in yeah. <laughs> at all. Um, but I think, and so I think the opening sequence didn't work for me as much the first time I saw it. Cause I was mm-hmm. the whole time I was just grumpy about him being with Madeline. <laughs> was it mostly because um, of the age or was it, were there other factors? Par- partially the age, but also, they're together at the end of the last movie mm-hmm. and it makes no sense because they don't have a connection at all mm. in the last movie. Um, they just kind of end up together almost like one of his normal like relationship, like yeah. Bond girl relationships. We're like, we're here. So we're together now kind of a thing. Yeah. And that really rubbed me the wrong way in the last one also because of the age difference. So for then to start off this movie with being like, actually he is in love with her. I'm like, well, we didn't get any of that. Yeah. <laughs> But watching it the second time, um, I do think they play that first sequence really well to like, it doesn't matter what's happened before, we're invested in this relationship. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I when I saw Spectre, I had seen the trailers for No Time to Die, and mm-hmm. I infused their relationship with a lot of meaning because I know that like, there's that great scene that's in the trailer and in this movie where he sees her in the hallway and his breath yeah. is taken away. Yep. And that scene alone, I was like, oh, this is the love of his life. Like, this is James Bond ultimate love. Like, yeah. true love. There has been no other, truer love has ever existed. <laughs> um, and so when I watched Spectre, I was infusing all their interactions with yeah. that foresight, right? Yeah. Um, so I, they didn't, other than the age, which is just so stark, like, of mm-hmm. a difference, um, I think they have great chemistry and yeah. I loved that opening sequence with them. I think they're, they look beautiful and in love and um, there should just be more stuff. Is it Italy? Is Are they in Italy? Um, I think so. Yeah. More of that. No, no. Where are they? I forget. Anyway, it's wherever they are. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, the last thing I just want to shout out is there's a great scene where he's like in retirement and he's wearing little short shorts and a shirt yes. that's too short for him. Yeah. And I was like, more of this, please, in the James Bond movies. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. His retirement outfits are uh, quite good. They're <laughs> so. really, really good. Um, yeah. That worked for me. All the clothes. Yep. I have an article opened up on my computer that says how to how to buy the raglan and bone henley that he wears in this movie oh uh, yeah <laughs> i i mean that's Rag and bone, that's sorry. definitely the vibe every every movie is yeah. just like all right here's all the stuff you wore I'm like yeah. all right cool let me let me look at a 300 t-shirt <laughs> exactly yeah um so. ultimately i'm glad i'm happy with the way that this franchise has ended i'm glad that it yes. ended on a good note and not mm-hmm. on like a specter note yeah yeah because originally Spectre was supposed to be his last movie, and, and it's, they decided the, to make another one. The so. villain of this of Spectre seems like it should have been right. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a last movie vibe for sure. <laughs> so, but it, yeah, I'm I'm really glad they made another one. I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, um, I'll definitely watch it again. Yeah. All right. 
Well, I think that wraps it up for us. Where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on all social media platforms at Sandra Amstutz. My last name is spelled A-M-S-T-U-T-Z. And you can find me everywhere at Lucas and Stuff. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Go away. I'll see you soon, okay? That's it? Go home? Yeah. Move along, Padre. Goodbye, old friend. That's it. That's our show for tonight, people. 